U.S. Arab Radio Network presents Season 3 of the Ray Hanania Radio Show, sponsored by Arab News, the leading English-language newspaper in the Middle East. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, veteran journalist Ray Hanania explores issues facing Arab Americans on WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit and on WDMV AM 700 Radio in Washington, D.C. And now, your host, Ray Hanania. Watch the show live on Arab News Facebook page. During the past few months, we saw the deaths of three Saudi students in the United States, two the result of tragic accidents while the students were on break in Cleveland and in Montana, and a third student who was a victim of homicide at his apartment in Philadelphia. Are we missing something here? In segment one, we're going to speak with Abdullah Al-Gharabi, the father of 25-year-old Al-Walid Al-Gharabi, who was murdered on January 23rd by a 19-year-old woman who attempted to rob him after she asked him for help to get something from her apartment. The suspect, Nicole Marie Rogers, lived in the same building and has been charged with the murder. In segment two, we will speak with Jenna Kurzman the spokesperson for Glacier National Park, on another Saudi student who died, Athir El-Khaban, 28. El-Khaban drowned on Monday, May 22nd in Avalanche Creek in Glacier National Park in Montana after falling off a rocky overhang. We have some photos that we're going to play if you watch the video uh, presentation of this radio show. And in our final segment three, we're going to speak with the spokesperson for the Saudi Arabia Embassy in Washington, D.C., Fahed Nazer, about the El Garabi murder and the two accidental deaths of El Khalban and the death of another student, Abdul Rahman El Nazi, 29, who drowned in Lake Erie during a stay in Cleveland, Ohio on January 30th. In each case, the Saudi embassy worked to help the families of each of the student victims. In addition, and it's uh, we're gonna shift gears, Mr. Na Na uh, Nazer will also discuss the return of the two Saudi astronauts, Rayana Barnawi and Ali Al Karni, who spent eight days on the International Space Station where they conducted a series of science experiments. I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will begin these interviews. We will be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Our noses can sniff out all kinds of things. Good things and bad things. Your nose knows. If those sniffles are just a cold, allergies, or COVID-19. So if you want to be sure, swab and test your nose for answers. It's good to know. Find testing information and resources at michigan.gov slash COVID test. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. 
At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. My guest today is Abdullah Al-Ghraibi. This is a very sad interview on my part uh, and involves a very tragic story of the murder of his son, Al-Walid Al-Ghraibi, last January 23rd inside his home in Germantown, Philadelphia. Walid, who was only 25 years old, was a student studying in Philadelphia on a scholarship the suspected assailant in the killing is a woman named Nicole Marie Rogers, 19, from who's from originally Columbus, Georgia. She uh, is charged with murder, robbery, burglary, and theft. Two weeks ago, Mr. Al-Gharabi was honored and his son's memory was honored when he was uh, invited to accept the graduation degree from the university that Walid was attending in Philadelphia on his son's behalf. Uh, Mr. Al-Gharabi, thank you for talking to us about this and uh, uh, for joining us. Thank you very much. Let, let me just start out by first, tell us about your son, Walid. Yeah, it's very difficult to, to um, describe your son. I mean, just if he's uh, as nice as Al-Walid, really. He's, uh, um, I'm not saying this uh, because he's my son, but, but um, <clears throat> Um, he's very, very, very nice guy. He's always, uh, laughing. I mean, smiling. I mean, just, we, we never had any issues with them. I mean, just, you know, he, he never, um, he always accepts our this conversation and, uh, whatever we ask him to do. And, um, when we ask him to do something, he, he just discusses it and, uh, he never refuses things just right out and uh, was very was very good person i'm just uh, we never i never heard that he has problem with with any of his friends or colleagues at school or um he, he was always smiling he was always uh, obeying i mean just what what i say he's very nice he is really really nice person i just uh, as a father he helped, he helped me in a lot of things here i helped his brother too his brother is uh, hard of hearing, um, and he goes to a deaf school in Texas. Graduated, yeah. he got the diploma of it. But uh, yeah, he helped, he helped his brother. I mean, all along, in every aspect of life, really. We don't see much of him. I mean, um, he's been out of Saudi for about like uh, twelve years since uh, two thousand and nine. He was uh, studying <clears throat> abroad. I mean, just uh, uh, when he joined me, <clears throat> uh, working uh, uh, outside Saudi Arabia. Uh, first, he was in Australia for four years. Then uh, 
the rest of it is uh, here in the United States. Mm -hmm. he, he likes he likes uh, technical things. I mean, he always likes to fix things. I mean, just and very smart with computers and uh, uh, these small technician things. Yeah, he ended up I mean studying computer science, uh, and that's what uh, when he graduated and got his degree in in computer science. Um, always smiling. He's he's that kind of person. He doesn't really. Uh, bother you or uh, you just understand what he wants and he asks things uh, very gently. When would, do you remember the last uh, conversation you had with him before this? Well, yeah, I was I was here in DC and I'm in DC now. Um, yeah, I was here in DC and uh, uh, his brother finished uh, school in uh, Texas, uh, graduated and came came in here in uh, DC, going back to Saudi Arabia. And he joined us, I mean, just for a weekend. He came from Philadelphia just the weekend before. Uh, he came Friday and he left Sunday. Uh, the following Monday, yeah, he was murdered. But his mother didn't see him for two years and a half. Oh. And that was the uh, that was the very hard part. I mean, he didn't he didn't go, and, and his sister too. He didn't go to uh, Saudi, I mean, for two and a half years after the COVID stuff. What, what did the police tell you about what happened to him last January? You know, after that weekend, I mean, that when we met um, in Washington, D.C., uh, I, I left for, uh, two days later back home. I left there. Just like five days later, I mean, just I received this email. As I was, as I, I was about to go to bed and I checked my email and, and there was an email just came like 10 minutes uh, before and it says just uh, yeah please contact the uh, philadelphia homicide in regard to al-walid al-gharibi wow what, a, what an email what happened oh homicide that means yes well, that was the very very hard to uh, homicide that means the did he die? Was he killed, or did he kill someone? That's the only thing I mean. You think about. I mean, it's not like Philadelphia police. If it was like Philadelphia police, I would say about twenty things you can think about. They have possibilities of anything happened. But homicide <clears throat> took me like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to to call back. I didn't want to call back. So just oh my goodness, uh, that was like twelve twelve o'clock. Um, uh, at night, <clears throat> my other son was was downstairs, was, and I told him I received a, a, an email says like this, and we were really anxious and and worried and uh, afraid, and we didn't we didn't want to take that phone, and at the same time you want to know what's going on. So just like in, we were hesitant, I mean, just like for fifteen minutes and just what should we do i mean just um you do want to hear the, the i mean what what happened you do want to hear the uh, facts you just like i don't want it to go on and on without knowing things yeah i got there myself and i got this thing and uh, called them asked for the uh, detective whose name was there and uh, yeah unfortunately yeah he said he, uh, <clears throat> yeah, delivered this news to me, and I was I was screaming my voice out. I'm mean, just the bottom of my lung. I mean, just 
I don't know, please. I'm just kind of you're you're not believing it. You do want to hear it, and you're not believing it. Um, we had a small conversation. Who did it? Why? And this after afterwards, I said, could that be a scam or someone just playing around? I went back and I checked with the email domain, and it was like, yeah, official. I'm just like, yeah, feel like that gov. I mean, twenty minutes later, I just called back. Hoping someone just uh, played played around or hacking something or scamming or playing around. Yeah, it was it was real. I mean, just when when they answered the phone, well, yeah, Philadelphia homicide, and who do you want to speak with? Did yeah, it took have... time. I mean, just uh, yeah, I my my, my son is you... screamed and. His mother woke up. I mean, just on the screen and the cries uh, and, and the whole house, and he just went to flame. Yeah, it was very, very, very sad night. I booked the flight. I mean, <clears throat> as soon as I um, I could. I mean, just the, the the earliest one was seven seven a.m. I took that flight, uh, and I came. Yeah, I came by myself. I met. I met uh, one of one of uh, Al's friend, uh, whom he goes school with. <clears throat> we contacted him. We contacted him before. And, uh, yeah, we went to the uh, police station and we met the detectives. And, uh, yeah, it was true. I mean, just that's uh, something you have to to live with. I couldn't believe it. You can't just believe it. So he's 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 a. Uh, in his room, I mean, just very safe and very, everybody's known in the house and something happens. I mean, just for no reason whatsoever. I'm just, he has nothing with 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 this lady at all. What, what did they say happened? Nobody knows exactly what, what happened, uh, but it's just like um, a logic explanation from the police. I mean, just, uh, and, and the uh, lab lady, um, because she didn't speak, and uh, obviously my son can't can't talk on his on his behalf. So just uh, um, she tried to befriend him. I mean, just in the recent days, she tried to get close. And we understand from my son. I mean, just he was like uh, he wasn't. I mean, he was kind of annoyed. I mean, just that she knocks the door. I mean, she's uh, his room on the first floor. And she knocks on his door, uh, window and she said, I forgot the keys and yeah, open, can you open the door for me? She, she tried just to engage in conversation with him and yeah. <clears throat> um, she wanted to find, maybe she wanted to find a way just how to how to rob him or, um, he wasn't interested, I mean, just in, right. in, in yeah, being approached this way and he wasn't into it at, at all. That we so, know from uh, from his friends. I mean, who who, who he spoke. With, I mean, so, earlier. What they think it's just uh, she was planning this. I mean, just the recent days. I mean, she wasn't following him, or it just came into her. I mean, just like it's to me. I mean, just like um, it's um, that many factors um, got together to uh, come to this conclusion. I mean, maybe maybe she saw. Uh, what he got in his room, maybe his car too. Uh, she thought he's got money in his room, or so this some, is somebody. This was, will, 
this was about robbery then you think this is just purely about robbery yeah we think so everybody thinks so yes she studied i mean the schedule of everybody i mean nobody is home in the mornings everybody goes to school or to work uh the only two people is him and her and and that morning i mean just she was to check out yeah she was to check out and uh, she asked him probably uh, that's what we uh, i mean just think what happened that she asked him to uh, uh, help her get some some uh, stuff from her room to help her because she was checking out and she needs i think she said something like she needs to help him to carry or something the good thing i mean just one of those guys i mean just in in, in, uh, in the third story where she li where she stays there is a guy i mean just who's a long-term uh resident he's, he's there for over three years uh, his his shift changed that day she knows she knows uh he's out for work in the mornings but that monday his his, his shift changed to the evening so that morning he was there just in front of her room so he didn't she didn't know he was there he heard the conversation when they were coming coming up the stairs what just nice conversation and laughs and things like this and she wanted to make him feel uh, at ease and off guard and that's what happened i mean she uh, most likely she walked behind him and let him uh, let him uh, walk in front of her, going to her room. When she got to next to the bathroom, yeah, she started his her operation, and she pushed him in, inside the bathroom, and yeah, she finished him off very, very brutally. I mean, just I, I cannot go in detail to this. I mean, just like, but it's very, very brutal. Do do the police uh, know if she's ever done anything like this before, or? They say no. Suspected. This they is the first time. That's so she's, odd. She's, she's young. I mean, they say no, no, no record. The whole idea. She thought. I mean, it's very good plan. I mean, just uh, the opportunity is there, and just do it and leave, and nobody will know who who who, who who's done it. Um, I don't know why she, didn't she break into his room and take his stuff and leave, or she didn't take the car. She, she didn't have to kill him. She could have taken or broken in yeah, some yeah, other but time. I, and... I think she 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 wanted his wallet and his phone, and that and that's always with him. So just he he has to be there just to, to get it. Or he was he was there like five months. I mean, just his is not new. In the place. Did she ever make a statement to police about confessing or? No. She, do, what's her status right now? I mean, I know she's still being held. Correct. Yeah, she's been. Uh, she she hasn't been given bail no so she's For, in... fortunately i mean that good i think the the judge i mean um believe horrifically i mean just this is what happened that she was the might be the perpetrator so uh, she wasn't given bail um she didn't speak um she had, she had a lawyer they assigned the lawyer for her but she uh she, she assigned another lawyer herself so the preliminary hearing was last wednesday yeah and that was continued correct till another yeah, yeah, date yeah, do yeah. we know no so what do you continue what do you think is going to happen these cases no, i mean the, the, the preliminary happened last week last wednesday right yeah that was the first meeting uh, yeah she was there she was there in court 
I believe and, her, her her mother and father was there too. Did anybody ever come up to you and say how sorry they they were or anything? No. no That's no. A, a tragic thing about these is that these cases go on so long. Are you able to, you know, you want to stay involved and stay in touch? Now you live in Saudi Arabia, correct? Yes. In Riyadh. Mm -hmm. And Actually, you, I'm leaving today. And you're um, and then you're gonna you have to come back and forth every time for each of these things, for these trial the trial and everything. Yeah. Do you have any idea when the main trial will start when she's charged? No. Because it sounds like she hasn't confessed. Not yet. Yeah, that's uh, that's really tough. And, I think she, I think she will. Uh, Eventually, she will. That's the only way she will get. I mean, she might. She might. Uh, the evidence is uh, overwhelming. So I understand you got a lot of support from the Saudi embassy. It was very supportive to help you and reach out to you. And can you tell us a little bit about what were they able to do? You know, I, I, I came four times for this. So you know, the uh, the preliminary hearing was uh, continued twice, which means postponed twice. So. Yeah. So every time every they time have a I preliminary come. hearing, you have to come and then they postpone it, then you leave. And it just seems like the burden is on your family more than it is on the person who's accused yeah. of committing the crime. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what happens. I'm just so sad to that's... hear that. But I know the Saudi embassy provided yeah, they do. support. They, they do. I mean, they follow up with with them. They have been in contact with, with the with the detectives. With, they have from the very beginning and they came and the, the very first night and they met them before before I was there, uh, when I was in my, in my way, they came, they met the detectives and they knew they helped. I mean, just uh, uh, <clears throat> we, we carry the, uh, his body back home. I mean, on, on uh, the government's expense. Um, they follow up with, with the uh, lawyer and yeah, they they have their legal team. I mean, just following up. And, good. Uh, I I have a good contact with them. I mean, just. Uh, so they even helped with bringing your son back to Saudi Arabia. Then. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah, that, it's, it's that them who. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what they do. I mean, uh, in uh, similar cases, yeah, they they're, bring they're, back the, the 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 body home and. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that was I mean, paying any anything really i just you know it's very expensive and really uh, i really thank them thank the government i mean just um they've taken yeah all, all the uh financial burden on it wow but that, still yeah. i mean just emotionally very hard on us as a family i just we need we need to see at the end of it i mean just uh, right. we need we need we need her to get what she really, really deserves. I mean, just uh, not, you know, you think something might uh, happen along the way with the, uh, with, with the uh, court and lawyers and stuff and jury and, and you're, you know, it's not gonna be easy. I mean, just, it's not gonna be easy, but uh, we hope she, she gets what she really, really deserves. What she deserves is, <clears throat> is, is a, a life without possibility of parole. That's what, right. yeah, what, what she really deserves. But what, what will happen, I don't know. <laughs> you well, know, it I... goes a lot of, a lot of, 
hurdles that we have to jump. Yeah. It seems like the burden is on your family to deal with this, and that really seems so unfair. Yeah, the uh, victim assistance, I mean, they contacted me and they asked me uh, uh, to present any uh, uh, invoices for tickets and hotels and stuff. So they were very helpful too, also in addition to the Saudi embassy. That was great. Um, that just happened uh, two days ago. <clears throat> they it. just called me on, on Thursday. Yeah, the, this sounds like it's going to be a long process. That's the terrible part about this. Yes. Uh, because they know how these go. Now, you, you were as if, the, as if it's not enough that you lose a son. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were just at the university accepting the degree. Tell me that experience. Yeah, I mean, how did you feel was, standing I mean, up there? The university was very, very annoyed, and they were very um, appreciative of just of, uh, of his uh, work. And uh, they are really honored him, and they are, um, we feel that they are feeling very sorry that happened. it happened. I mean, just without without him doing anything to, to her or to this tragedy. I mean, just he, he didn't take any part of it whatsoever. I mean, just no argument, no fights, no nothing. I mean, just not um, being in that place at that time and with her was a problem. Um, yeah, they were very supportive from the beginning and they asked me, uh, we visited the university and <clears throat> from the beginning for my first visit and they were very supportive and they said, yeah, um, they um for his for his uh, um graduating program he will be graduating um and they did really graduated him and they uh they held the service for him i don't know if you if you know this or not i mean just no. they held the service yeah with, they, they brought uh, um <clears throat> muslim priest muslim imam and a, a, a priest, um, Christian priest, and a, a Jew, and um, with the, with the university staff and students, it was very nice. It was very touching. Really, we appreciated that. Um, when I when I came, I mean, they hosted me and uh, they booked the hotel for me, and <clears throat> uh, and maybe you saw what happened in the graduation. When I received this uh, his diploma, it was very touching. I mean, yeah. it was it was very good for me, very very nice for me. I know <clears throat> he's not gonna work in his uh, degree, or uh, it's just like uh, yeah, simple things. I mean, just uh, for his legacy and and memory. I I was I was happy at, at, at that at that ceremony, even though he's not. I wish he received his degree by himself. But yeah, that's that's what happened, and it, you have it, to live with it. This is a terrible thing to go it through. It is very, very terrible. I mean, yeah, very, needless, very needless. Very needless. I mean, it didn't come from the neighborhood, or it didn't come from the street. It didn't. Nobody jumped right. in, uh, broke into the, the the house or tried to steal. No, it's some someone from within. I mean, she was known. She came from all the way from Georgia and. Just his faith. I mean, just you didn't believe. I mean, just any any uh, any person just uses uh, Airbnb or or hosts or uh, a hotel or go and kill. 
is, some is, other some other resident for for nothing what did she any... get i mean just a thousand dollars two thousand dollars what did she get i mean just nothing nothing not is nothing's any... worth nothing's there... worth his life yeah is there and, any... and her life too hopefully what do you tell other parents who are uh, their sons are away their daughters are away at college and you know what would you tell them i think what happened to him was unavoidable you can't you can't do anything just to uh, prevent this killing for um someone from within i mean just was known i mean just her information was there i'm just there's no problems whatsoever with her no drinking no fights no nothing i mean just she planned it i mean just you can't you can't avoid it it could happen to you anywhere wow. it's not it's not the the area it's not the uh neighborhood it's not the neighbors it's not the uh um somebody's bad i mean around this he was very careful my son was very very careful sometimes he goes to uh, <clears throat> he likes to go to a, uh, an arab restaurant or mid-eastern mid mid restaurant and uh his friends t t tell me i'm just um, once you go to the location and he finds it in a, in a bad place he just uh change his mind and go to a different different place he's he's very very careful he's not a night person he doesn't go out or this is unavoidable to me i mean just what what happened i mean just you can't you can't he was in in a nice place he's a um you can't uh, prepare for this no you can't you can't no way yeah right My someone, guess... someone plans to kill you in the streets and when while you're walking and doing nothing you can't avoid it that's that's her planning her problem not not uh... that is really terrible I... but anyway you just uh, um get get close with to your son or daughter if it's away uh, it's know where they go what they do and who's their friend to be very careful not to trust anyone um but when things like this happens i mean just you cannot do anything to it all right yeah you, you hope i mean just you you will see your um son or daughter and just graduating and coming back that didn't happen to us and he was just that much from finishing and going back home that's really sad he, 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 he has his fiance he's planning to get married and I'm, I'm i'm building i'm building an, an apartment for him and he was uh following up and just he chose everything in the apartment the colors the pla uh, tiles and doors and everything um he, he is very eager to come back and for his apartment for to get married to get um employment and everything's everything's good for him i'm just in the next year thanks i'm so <sighs> sorry Thank you, Mr. Abdullah Al Garabi. Um, this is a very difficult interview, and I—it's a very sad story. And we, you know, we offer our condolences to you. El Walid sounds like a beautiful son that anybody would be proud of, and just so nice from the way you described him. Um, and this tragedy could almost happen to anybody, uh, yes. and I'm just so sorry that it did happen to you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ray. You're, you're welcome. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to come discuss with our second guest, Janet Kurzman from Glacier National Park, who's going to be talking about another Saudi student, Athir El-Khalban, who drowned 
um, in Avalanche Creek at Glacier National Park in uh, Montana. I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Were you recently at the emergency room? urgent care, or at your doctor's office, being told you need a hand, wrist, or elbow specialist? At the Katranji Hand Center, we offer the latest techniques in hand, wrist, and elbow care. From sports injuries to work injuries to everyday hand, wrist, and elbow problems, the specialists at Katranji Hand Center are here to get you back on track. Call us in Troy today at 248-869-4263 or visit us at katranjihandcenter.com to schedule your appointment today. In a perfect world, everyone would be a perfect driver. Hands at nine and three, everyone. Nine and three. Everyone would follow all the rules. Please go ahead and merge. I'll make room. Thank you, fellow driver. And nothing unexpected would ever happen. Even the squirrels would know the right time to safely cross the road. In this perfect world, you wouldn't have to wear a seatbelt. But in case you hadn't noticed, <laughs> We don't live in a perfect world. About a thousand people in Michigan die each year in vehicle crashes, and thousands more are injured. Wearing your seatbelt reduces your risk of death in a crash by 45% in a car and by 60% in a pickup truck. So until we find a perfect world to drive in, make our imperfect world safer by buckling up. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Ziad brand, quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Picon, Donna, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. Saudi student Ather El Khelband, uh, who was 28 years old, apparently fell off a rocky overhang over Avalanche Creek River at Glacier National Park on Monday, May 22nd. The 28-year-old student was studying in Kansas for a PhD in English language. I want to welcome my guest, Jenna Kurzman, the Public Affairs Officer for the National Park Service, which oversees Glacier National Park in Montana, to share with us what happened. Welcome to the program, Jenna. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. And sorry, it's under these types of circumstances. Tell us what we know about uh, Ather's uh, drowning. What 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 were the circumstances that what what happened? Ather was hiking a very popular trail in Glacier National Park that is known as the Avalanche Lake Trail. And sometime during her hike, um, early on in the hike, she went near the water. Nobody saw what happened exactly, but she ended up going in the water and her, uh, she was swept down through the Avalanche Creek Gorge 
and was pulled from the water by visitors who saw her in the water down below. Now, she apparently was with some friends, but they hadn't seen her disappear. And I think she was discovered by other park visitors in the uh, water at Avalanche Creek down the gorge, correct? Correct. It can happen so fast. There was, um, in our interviews, the rangers' interviews with her friends, they did not see her go in. They had video of her two minutes before the 911 call went in. She was walking behind them along the creek. And, um, you know, it just, it can happen in just a second when you have running water that's running at the levels that it is right now uh, in Montana and in the park. We've got a lot, it's spring runoff time. So it, it's, it can happen quickly. And I saw pictures of the gorge and the trail, which I'll uh, show during the uh, interview. Um, the gorge is so narrow and it looks dangerous. Tell us what happened. Some other visitors who were down below, so she fell in above the gorge, above the, the falls there. And then the, the people who are down below on the trail of the Cedars Trail, which is a boardwalk before you branch off and go on to the avalanche uh, like trail, saw her in the water, pulled her from the water, called 911. And they, my understanding is they tried to revive her uh, using CPR. And you know, I, I know how beautiful the parks are. I've been to several of them. They're just phenomenal. Um, but there's always a danger where you get too close or you get off the trail. I, and I know we don't, nobody saw it, but it, it sounds like she may have gotten off the trail got too close to the edge and slipped and fell in. And from the photo, you can see how it might not, you know, it slopes down with the roots sticking up. Um, anything could have happened. Yes, it's a very rocky area, large boulders. Sometimes you'll see people standing up on the boulders or sitting on the edge of boulders, looking down in the water or people, uh, you know, getting close to the edge. And of course it's speculation as far as what happened but she definitely had to go off trail to be able to get that closer to the water and to get into the water her friends said that she enjoyed being near and in water and would often call to them and want them to follow her in her adventures and so um but in this situation she was alone how unusual is something like this we have over 400 parks in our in our um system they're all different some of them you know you're just you go see monuments they don't all have water in them okay but how often does that happen well i would like to say that it doesn't happen very often but unfortunately the number one cause of death in glacier national park is drowning so we have a lot of people who just don't uh they underestimate the danger involved with the waters um a lot of people are drawn to the the waterfalls um they get drawn in and, and I think a little bit carried away with being overwhelmed with the beauty of the, the park and just don't take into consideration the precautions that they need to. And so every year we have fatalities in the park. Last year, I think we had seven fatalities. And um, number one cause of, of death in the park, like I said, is drowning. Number two is falling, people being up on high, levels either mountain climbing or just being at high elevations and falling. Um, we've also had people who during this time of year try to hike on trails that still have snow cover on them 
and they instead of stopping and turning around they try to cross the snowfields and slip and then end up going off very high ledges and and falling and to put the, that number in a proper perspective you must have thousands of people that visit these sites do we know how many people visit just this one park glacier national park yes we have around three million visitors a year wow and of those three million the majority of them come during the months of may through october because the popular portion of the park uh, the going to the sun road is only open during the summer months because it goes up over the continental divide and it's covered by snow for a majority of the year so we get a lot of visitors in a small amount of time i know that it was uh, other visitors that found her how did and i know that the people that were with her didn't realize that something had happened to her how were you able to make the connection with the people she was with and then of course being a foreign uh student um, did it make it difficult to reach you know the family and you know her friends uh, I am not sure, Ray, how the Rangers identified her. I have not, um, I haven't read all of the reports on how uh, that came about, but I will tell you that um, it was not long before the friends, I think, realized she wasn't there and they probably heard the commotion um, when the other visitors were were pulling her from the water. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but um, they probably realized fairly soon and started looking around to see if they could find her. Perhaps they backtracked on the trail to see if they could find her there. We always assign a family liaison officer who is trained in these types of tragedies to work with family and friends during this time. And so we worked with the Saudi Arabia consulate to be able to contact family and relatives. So we did go through a protocol for working with our international visitors. And in this case, unfortunately, with this young lady from Saudi Arabia. Uh, anything else at all that you wanted to add? I think that we've pretty much established that um, there was no foul play. Um, that what they said is there's no indications of foul play. The only other thing that I would just say is that we ask visitors to take extra precaution when approaching areas with water especially during spring runoff events. All right, my guest, Jenna Kurzman, the Public Affairs Officer for the National Park Service, which includes Glacier National Park in Montana, um, helping us uh, with some information about the tragic uh, drowning of a Saudi student who was attending college at, the, uh, at a uh, university in Kansas, uh, Arthur L. Khalban. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You bet. And we're going to take our final and last break in a minute. And when we come back, we'll speak with the uh, spokesperson for the uh, Saudi Arabian Embassy about some of these uh, tragedies, two of which that we've talked about. Uh, there was another one uh, that took place in Cleveland where a young man drowned uh, there. And uh, we will... Uh, uh, talk with him also, and it's hard to transition like this, but we're going to talk about the recent uh, mission of the two Saudi astronauts to the International uh, Space Station, who just returned, I believe, this past uh, uh, day or two. So I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more interviews right after these messages.
ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Life for Relief and Development has now been rated as one of the best charities for humanitarian aid. Life's humanitarian projects span the globe, and Life is celebrating its 30th anniversary of providing essential life-saving aid to people and communities in 36 countries, regardless of race, color, religion, or cultural background. Where there is life, there is hope. And when disaster occurs here or around the world, including being one of the first responders to the Turkey-Syria earthquake crisis, Life for Relief and Development rushes in to provide food, medical aid, and shelter to those in need. We are looking to help the earthquake victims, and we take 0% overhead on emergency donations. So please help improve these efforts. Learn more about our involvement to help the helpless and bring hope where it's needed most. And make your tax-deductible donation to Life for Relief and Development now at lifeusa.org or call 248-424-7493. That's 248-424-7493. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali Abagdadi and Fatty Bottom serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali Abagdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CDC guidelines and is open every day, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. And the timer. I want to welcome the spokesperson for the Saudi Arabia Embassy in Washington, D.C., Fahad Nazar. We're addressing the recent tragedies involving the deaths of three Saudi students that took place over the last five months. Uh, in each case, the Saudi embassy worked very hard to help the families of each of the student victims, and I know the families were very grateful. Welcome to the program, Fahad. Thank you for joining us. Good to be with you, Ray. Now, I know that the father, Abdullah El-Gharabi um, of Walid, said he was very grateful to you during this tragic time. It was very difficult for him to go back and forth. You know how trials are and cases, their proceedings, then they're postponed, and then you don't know when they're gonna come up. He traveled four times, and he said that he couldn't have done it without the help of the Saudi embassy, that you came through for him. Uh, so let me start by saying that ensuring the safety and well-being of Saudi citizens living or visiting a foreign country is among the highest priorities for any diplomatic mission around the world. It's certainly the case for us here at the embassy in Washington, D.C. Over the decades, hundreds of thousands of Saudis have visited or studied in the United States. The overwhelming majority have a pleasant and productive stay. However, occasionally accidents and tragedies do occur. Um, as you said, over the past couple of years, we have had some tragic uh, incidents that led to the deaths of a few young Saudis. As soon as we became aware of such tragedies, we immediately contacted the families of the deceased uh, to provide any assistance that they may need. We also stay in touch with local authorities to make sure that we have all the details and we share these details with the families as soon as we obtain them. 
Of course, our hearts go out to the families of these young Saudis. There's nothing more tragic than the death of a young person. However, uh, I do have to stress that these are isolated incidents. We have no reason to believe that Saudi students or Saudis in general are being targeted in the United States. And the uh, Saudi embassy and the Saudi cultural mission will continue to provide guidance to incoming students, as well as to Saudis visiting the United States to make sure that they have a safe and productive stay. I, I know that's an important point because when I did speak with the police in each of the cities, uh, in Cleveland, in Philadelphia, and in uh, uh, the one student uh, who died in, uh, who was attending the university in Kansas, they all said that these were tragic accidents, except for the one homicide. Um, that That is pretty terrible, but um, I know that uh, you have done so much to help these families. Is that a standard thing that the embassy does for Saudi families that are in need like that? Yes, definitely. Like I said, I mean, we, uh, this is one of our highest priorities is, is to make sure that the Saudis traveling in foreign countries are, are safe and uh, we make, we take whatever precautions or measures necessary to make sure that uh, they're safe and that their well-being is protected. So, yeah, this is fairly a uh, standard for us. All right. And I, and I want to shift gears and I know that we're talking, going to talk about a different topic now, but on the other hand, at this time, it also was a great moment for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and for Saudi Arabians around the world to see two of their own be astronauts who uh, went to the International Space Station um, last week and uh, just returned, in fact. Um, it must be a moment of great pride for Saudi Arabia. How significant is this for uh, the Kingdom? It's very significant, but let me start by widening the lens here a little bit. So as you know, Saudi Arabia is undergoing a remarkable transformation known as Vision 2030. The vision is a package of economic and social reforms that has a, a number of objectives. One of them, or some of them, include improving healthcare, improving education system, the transportation system, and also combating climate change among many objectives. So a number of these objectives, we believe that the keys to achieving them is through investing in science, technology, and innovation. And certainly our interest in um, space exploration is very consistent with these goals. And in fact, our interest in space exploration goes back decades, back in 1985, His Royal Highness uh, Prince Sultan bin Salman was the first Arab and first Muslim to go into space when he joined the crew of the uh, Space Shuttle Discovery. Uh, more recently, obviously, we uh, we had two uh, Saudi astronauts, including the first woman ever, Rihanna Bernawi, and her colleague Ali Al-Garni, who uh, went on this 10-day mission to the International Space Station among the um, Axiom. Uh, this, is, this was part of the Axiom um, space mission. They were in space, like I said, for approximately 10 days. They conducted 14 different research experiments in different scientific fields, including cloud seeding. Uh, six other experiments, as my understanding, focused on brain and the, on the brain and the nervous system, and four others focused on the immune system. So this was a certain, and they just, like you said, they just came back to Earth. Um, earlier this morning, they returned to Houston Airport. So this was a, a great moment for our space program and a great moment for the kingdom more broadly. 
I remember when uh, the uh, first Americans went to the moon when I was young in the 60s, and uh, many Americans were glued to their TV set uh, watching this happen. Was that what it was like in Saudi Arabia to see these two Saudi astronauts uh, on, during their eight-day mission on the ISS? It was, and just uh, not only that, but just because of the different media landscape that we live in, the astronauts were actually able to conduct some of their um, some experiments with uh, as uh, along with 12,000 students in Saudi Arabia. So they had a live stream with them, a web chat, and they conducted, you know, some uh, basic experiments with the with these students. But obviously, part of the mission. Part of the purpose of space exploration is that we're trying to encourage young Saudi men and women students and to pique their interest in science and uh, technology and mathematics and physics. And uh, we're hoping that we we achieved some of these these goals, in addition to obviously the goals of the mission itself. And does uh, KSA, does, does the kingdom have plans for their own space missions for future space mission travel? Or is, will it be always in partnership with NASA and Axios or other groups? Or does the kingdom have its own uh, NASA plans for space travel? Right, so the kingdom does have its own uh, Saudi Space Commission. It has a pretty rigorous program of research, but also it has a program for selecting and training uh, astronauts. So uh, we believe that uh, space exploration, exploration is very much consistent with our investments in science, technology, and innovation that is part of our broader vision 2030. So we fully anticipate, I mean, for the foreseeable future, we'll continue to partner with NASA and Axiom and, um, and other organizations. Uh, but ultimately, we will uh, certainly, I think it's only a matter of time before we uh, launch our own space missions. It's great to see that. Uh, how many Saudi astronauts do you have on, on the Saudi Space Force? All right, so that's a question. That's a good question. I don't have an answer to that, but uh, there were so. In addition to the two that I named, who went on the on this mission, we there were two alternates, uh, both of whom were Saudi, and uh, it's my understanding that hundreds of people tried out and uh, were recruited to uh, as part of this program. So, much like NASA's own program, it's a rigorous program. Um, uh, you know, very few people make the cut because obviously there's a lot of physical requirements. That, uh, that are required for our people to go into space, but uh, it's certainly something that we're investing very heavily in. And again, it's very consistent with everything we're doing with Vision 2030. And Fahad, thank you so much. Final question, uh, what's the message that the public in Saudi Arabia should take away from the Saudi participation in these space missions? Right, so I think, again, people back in the kingdom were essentially able to see almost every move that the astronauts uh, made from the launch to the return. The astronauts, like I said, uh, did a, a few web ch chats and the live streams with the Saudi students. Uh, much of their experience was captured on camera. They shared everything from what they ate to their quarters to including some of the experiments. Uh, so uh, in that sense, I think it was certainly very different than when His uh, Royal Highness went to space back in 1985, but it, this was a very proud moment for us. And uh, I think it was an indication of the commitment of our leadership to science and technology and innovation. And we're certainly hoping that it will encourage a lot of young Saudi men and women to go into 
whether it's space ex exploration or other uh, scientific fields going forward. My guest, Saudi Arabia Embassy spokesperson, Fahad Nazer. Fahad, again, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you so much, Ray. It was a pleasure. And I want to say it was a pleasure to have all of you listening uh, to the radio show in Detroit on WNZK AM 690 and or in uh, Washington, D.C. on WDMV AM 700. We appreciate the producers at both of those radio stations that help make this show possible every week through a lot of technical work, putting together the interviews, coordinating everything. Hernan in uh, Washington, D.C. and Mike Chupka in uh, Detroit uh, in uh, Dearborn, the capital of the Arab American community. Um, and although I, I have to say these stories of these uh, uh, tragedies for these three Saudi uh, students. And, you know, as we know, this is a season where people are graduating from colleges and universities. Um, it's a time when you expect happiness and cheer um, and you want to see young people doing very well. Um, and I know there's so many hundreds of thousands of students that are graduating across the United States from universities this last month and this month, um, and uh, uh, including my own son, Aaron, who uh, graduated from uh, college uh, in uh, Illinois and is going to Northwestern. I'm very proud of him. But to have something like that to happen at a moment right when they're making the transition uh, in life from being a young person to being and a student to being an adult uh, pursuing a career, that has to be the most terrible moment uh, for any family. So of course, our hearts go out to uh, the El Garib family, the El Garibi family, to the family of Athir El Khalban, to El, the El Khalban family, of course, and uh, also for to the uh, family of El Nazi, um, who also, uh, as I had mentioned, was a third Saudi um, who had died during an accident, another accident, uh, when Abdul Rahman El Anazi, when he was in Cleveland on a break from school. So um, it was really terrible. Now, our show, as you know, is podcast. You can go to ArabNews.com and you could find the podcast there if you want to listen to the audio podcast. We uh, post these on YouTube where you can watch these interviews on YouTube. Just look up Arab News or Ray Hanania. And of course, I urge you to go to ArabNews.com to read all of our news stories, our columns, our insight into the many events that happened to Arab Americans. Uh, our focus, anyway, of this radio show is on Arab Americans in the U.S., um, so I want to say thank you. You guys have a great week, and we will talk to you again next week, Wednesday at 5 p.m. in uh, Eastern Time with more great topics and guests. I'm Ray Hanania. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.